Ditch the fairy tale, princess. It's time to step outside the status quo and blaze your own trail. The path littered with setbacks, successes, and newfound passions. Why? Because when you break away from the script, you start to pursue a life by choice. One that is all yours. Live unscripted and rewrite your life. You know, one thing's true on this show. We're all about keeping it real AF here. So let me ask you a question. Are your finances feeling like a roadblock to your big dreams? Journey to Financial Freedom, JFF, is here for you. They specialize in helping business owners get their finances in order. Their mission? To help you gain clarity and confidence around your cash flow so you can focus on growing your empire and start living the life of your wildest dreams. JFF is not your average financial coach. They mix smart, tactical strategies with a deep understanding of the emotional side of money. They know that it's often our underlying beliefs and habits that hold us back financially. With JFF, you're not just sorting out your finances, you're transforming your mindset to one of success and abundance. So how are you feeling about your money lately? Let's level up together, babe. Book your free strategy call with JFF using the link in the show notes and turn those financial desires into a vibrant reality. Listen, today's episode is not going to disappoint. My girl Heather joined me on the podcast today, and she is an experienced mindset coach, author, podcaster, and speaker. She calls herself your trusted companion for navigating midlife and the intricacies of motherhood, especially for moms of teens and young adults. That's all great, but that's not really what we got into on today's episode. We talked about ways that you can get unstuck that don't cost a dollar, a dime, nothing. It's really about showing up in service of others. She hosts the top 2% global podcast, Life Coach BFF Show. She once had a partner in that. You're going to love that part of the story as she talks about wow, she went on to become a solo host on the show. I love that part of the story, right? And how she fearlessly addresses tough subjects, offering guidance and tough love when needed. So y'all know that I vibe with her on that. Her warm, relatable approach and humorous insights make her a trusted friend in the journey of life. Her accent is absolutely my favorite. And I talk about how we met at Powerhouse Women last year and we just literally bumped into each other. I want to say she recognized me from Instagram and she came over, said hello, and then we ended up sharing a glass of champagne together. Not literally sharing, but it was so fun to meet her. And she was like, anytime I could be on the show, let me know. And we finally, finally got it on the books. She's made appearances on CNN and other news medias. We talked about how she's a woman of faith and how leaning into that and trusting God and his timing was literally the catalyst of so many things that she took action on. She is the Amazon bestseller of the book, Keep It Simple, Sarah. It's a book written to inspire and encourage teen girls. She's also uh, a wife, a mother to four kids. And we had such a good time talking about all the things on this show. She's one of those people that you just want to stay close to. So I really hope you love today's episode. She also shared a little bit why masterminds and working in a container like that is such a game changer. And I just love how she is such uh, a servant leader and she just continues to show up and put her best foot forward, really paying attention to how she can be of service to others. So if you take anything away from today's episode, it's really all around how can we move the needle and get unstuck to take the action it's usually a lot easier than you think. Welcome back to Unscripted, the podcast. It's your girl, Jess, with my friend, Heather. We met at Powerhouse Women this past year in Scottsdale, Arizona, and it wasn't by mistake. This woman has such good energy. You're going to love today's episode. I couldn't wait to sit down and podcast with her. It's been a few months since we got to be in person together, but Heather is one of those well, people that just like infectiously gets you into her world. Her story is amazing, and she's going to share a little bit of that today with us really around like starting her podcast and why stepping out and kind of taking ownership, even at the whisper, whisper age that we're at, we were just laughing about how <laughs> you're not too old, you're not too late. And she's going to share a lot of the reasons why she decided to step into kind of 
you know, the light and being visible. So Heather, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you so much, Jessica. I'm so happy to be here. This is going to be so much fun. I look forward to it. Me too. So share with us a little bit about, I would just jump right into your story and how you got started with your podcast, because it's one of those things that I feel like people are super curious about. On one hand, they think they have to have a podcast because that's what everybody else is doing. But what was it for you that was like, I think that's going to be the thing that helps me find my voice and connect with people, build community, all of that juicy stuff. Well, Jessica, my story is, I think, very unique compared to most podcasters. And my family, we had moved. You can tell by the accent. I heard that you speak Southern. <laughs> I know you do to some degree, but because we have communicated before, like you said, but we moved from a small, small town in Mississippi to Memphis, Tennessee, which is a big city. And we have four children. We do have four children, ages 12 to 26. But at the time... They were, the two boys were really young, elementary age. And then we had one in high school and one in college. This is the same marriage, Jessica, 28 years of marriage. But it was so stressful to me. I cannot even tell you how stressful it was because I didn't know anyone. I had left my mommy group, you know, that core group, that group to where if you need your child to have a ride to gymnastics, you just pick up the phone and you call. You know, if you need a play group or buddies to come over, you pick up the phone and you call. And all of a sudden, I didn't have that. Yes. So I talk a lot about, and, I, and it's hard for people to hear this. In your face, your whole expression is about to change when I say this, Jessica, because you're going to go, not you. But I was very lonely. I was very, see your expression change. Everybody's does. Because we've all been there. We've all experienced that to where we felt really alone, no matter what, you know, there are different situations for loneliness. But mine was, I mean, I was truly, besides my family, all alone. So our oldest daughter was at Ole Miss. She came home for the weekend, brought a friend, and our friend was talking about a podcast. Now, at the time, I was in my late 40s. I had never, I had no idea what a podcast was no clue Jessica and so I asked her I said how do you listen to a podcast and she told me so that night I got in the bed pulled up Apple started scrolling through and I found this lady with the loveliest expression on her face that was her cover art so your cover art is important podcasters and she just looks so friendly so I started listening to her her name is Dana White and she podcasts do you know Dana Okay, she podcasts over at a slob comes clean. And that was not my issue at all, Jessica. I did not have a neatness issue. But she became, Dana became like a best friend to me that I needed. So at night, I would listen to her as I was going to sleep. She's from Texas, has similar accent. And, you know, driving the kids home from, well, not home from school, but coming home from, from drop-off, I would listen to her I, unpacking boxes just constantly Dana White Dana White Dana White well my best friend is a retired psychiatrist and I was telling her about it and she's 10 years older than I am and I said you know this lady has given me so much company because Susan couldn't stay on the phone with me all the time my other friends from Mississippi couldn't stay on the phone constantly and we decided I said you know we have really funny conversations really silly. I mean, between the two of us, we have eight kids. You know, she has triplets, one with Asperger's, one with autism. I mean, I had little kids. It just, our conversations were really funny. 
So I said, you know, if we start a podcast and we can keep one person company who needs that community and that companionship, then I think it would be a success. Mm-hmm. In 2019, that's what we did. We started Life Coach BFF Show. I love that. Is that how you came up with the name? Because you were really just hoping you would become someone's BFF like you had found in Dana? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And we had always said that we would do something fun and uplifting together one day. But I mean, I had no idea it would be a podcast. Yeah. And fast forward, we ended up having Dana White on our show, no which was a, yes, a full circle moment. And when I told her, I thanked her. It was so lovely that I got to thank her in person. And I said, you have, were the friends to me that I needed. And she started crying. Oh, I love that. Well, you know, and you've probably noticed this and discovered this yourself, that it's really hard when you're creating the content that you're not sure if it's resonating with anybody because, you know, maybe you hadn't taken the moment to think that Dana would have loved to hear from you all those episodes in. And maybe at some point you had reached out, but you probably didn't in the beginning because we usually put people that we admire or see as kind of far away from us on a pedestal of some sort where we don't think that maybe even to reach out to them to say, hey, your show's really impacted me. Thank you so much for creating the show. Uh, I find value in this, this, and this that you talk about. So I'm sure hearing it live on the show, like you two being a representation of probably the reason why she started was to impact people and to keep people company. And who knows how much she really resonated with your story. I'm sure she's sharing with you guys, but I find that Whenever I get any sort of validation back on the show, it really just helps me to remember why I started. Probably same for you, right? Because a lot of times the downloads aren't what you might think they'll be, especially in the beginning if you're starting something like a podcast or even a new Instagram page where you're hoping and you're just really dreaming up of having all these deep connections with people and then you kind of get crickets because people have to be brought along the journey with you before they start to really know you and then trust you enough to share how many you've even impacted them. So how has it been in your podcast journey with you guys? How how has have you taken it from an idea to a launching to getting Dana on the show to now? Like what is it? Is it a big the big part of your business? It I mean it has been transformational for me, I have to say. It has just changed my entire life, Jessica. Everything about my life. I have grown in so many aspects. My community has grown. The people that I meet, just being here with you, I would not know you otherwise. And you are such a blessing to me and to your whole community. So if you haven't left Jessica a review, this is a great time to do it right after this podcast. Actually, just pause right now and go leave a radio review for both of us. I think that's one of the biggest compliments you can give a creator is to leave a thoughtful comment or review, whether it's on a post or whether it's on a podcast. Or just words of encouragement, because we might think that we're just, you know, whoever to that person. But honestly, anytime I've ever felt compelled to say thank you or reshare someone's content, I know it goes noticed, you know, unless someone's so far removed that they're not even involved in their day-to-day marketing. But to the rest of us who are really just still here in the early stages of building community and getting our, our, you know, our name out into the world, it means the absolute world. It's literally like you're sending me a paycheck right? That validation that you like and appreciate and you're getting value out of what we talk about is literally everything. So thank you, Heather, for mentioning that. And you guys seem for her. So how and when did the book come into play with your journey? I know you've got the podcast, you and your friends started the podcast together, but when did becoming an author come into play? 
Well, I have to backtrack just a little bit <laughs> because things changed at one point and my friend decided she did not want a podcast. She said, you know, I, I don't like waiting around on people. Schedules changing. You like to meet new people. You should keep doing this. So long story short, right? Like within a couple of weeks after her deciding no, to no longer podcast, my mother called me one night, Jessica, and this this was the moment that just changed everything. I can't even tell you because I, I'm a person of faith, first of all. And so you have to know that before you hear this conversation, this phone conversation. But my mother said, first she called to tell me, and you'll appreciate this. She said, Heather, your hair is terrible. Your hair is awful. I don't know who did your hair. And I said, I know, Mama. I had canceled this photo shoot for this magazine. I said, I'm not going to do it now. My hair. I mean, I had a mullet, Jessica. This man had cut my hair. It was a mullet. So she said, but, you know, she was talking about the podcast. And I said, you know, it's just not as much fun without Susan. I miss her. It's, you know, it's a lot more challenging by myself. And she said these words to me, Jessica. And this is important for your listener because you're on your own journey right now. And she said, this is not about you. So everything is not just about us. You know, we make things about us, but our actions what we do every day, what we say every day, we are affecting the people around us. We're affecting their choices, their own beliefs. And she said, this is not about you. And I said, I know you're right. So Jessica, I hung up the phone. I told her bye, hung up the phone, walked into my bathroom, turned on the shower. And as the water ran and was heating up, I just prayed. And I said, Lord, I don't know what your plan is for this podcast. I have no idea. But, you know, if you want to end it today, we'll end it. That's fine. But I'm along for the ride. Whatever you want to do. And when I tell you, I took a shower that night, got in bed, woke up the next morning, checked some of my podcast emails, and I never do this. And I had an email from a producer from CNN wanting to talk about my podcast. So I went on CNN and like I said, I'm a person of faith and I have not shared this on any other podcast. I'm going to share this with you. But a year before that, prior to this email from CNN, I started having these visions and I would see myself speaking to thousands of people. And at first I thought, oh, this is just a daydream. This is so silly. And right out of college, I spoke for a company that was in contract with a big pizza company. So I would speak to big schools and I said, I'm never going to do this again. Never, ever. So I, at one point I realized and I was like, oh my goodness, I'm having visions. These are from God. Like Leah Key calls them God whispers, our good friend. I said, these are from God. And I would just start crying because I was like, I don't want to do this again. I don't want to be a speaker again. <laughs> So fast forward, I'm back to the, the email from CNN. I ended up going on the show the following week on Headline News. And it just, it, they told my whole story that day, all about me crying in the closet, being lonely, creating this podcast, which propelled them to have me on again two weeks later. When I got through with that first recording, it was live. I just said, okay, Lord, I'll pray. No, I did it. We spoke to thousands of people. It's done. It's over. Two weeks later, they're like, Heather, we want you back. And I went, oh my goodness. I heard this voice saying, you know what? You were afraid. So we're going to do it again. 
And we did it again. He's like, we're going to do it until you're not afraid again. So then I did it again. So it was multiple times on CNN that I finally went, okay, I'm not afraid now. So we have to face our fears because if we don't, if we don't just dive in and leap, we will stay stuck. And that's the last thing that we want to happen is for our lives to stay stuck. Just the same. That would be so boring. And you won't be using your gifts. You can't share your gifts that way if you're not taking a chance and leaping. Oh, you asked me about the book. Yes. Okay. You want to hear how the book came into yes, play? Yes, I do. Of course I do. <laughs> So the book that I went through, you know, a whole, I guess, six months of all the CNN, still podcasting by myself, incredible guests coming on. And I got this terrible respiratory infection and I was sick all summer and the boys were, you know, wanting to go and do all these things. And I'm having all these chest MRIs and craziness. And a mom came to pick up her son from a play date. And I said to her, I made this comment. I said, you know, I'm just a small town girl. Now, here's your keyword again, looking for community in a big city. And she said, Heather, you need to write a book and you need to put that quote in the book. That needs to go in your book. And I was like, oh, that's so crazy. That's ridiculous. You know, well, that afternoon she sent me flowers. And Jessica on the car, it said, Heather, this small town work, this, this big city needs more small town people like you. And I just sat and just cried and cried and cried and cried. So that night, got in the bathtub, was running the bathwater. I'm sitting there again, you know, I'm a person of faith. So water's running. I start praying. I'm like, Lord, if you want me to write a book, you're going to have to give it to me because I am completely depleted. I don't know what's going on with this respiratory infection. I'm trying to keep up with these two little boys. I'm exhausted. Jessica, immediately, my brain started flooding with pages of the book. So I get out of the bathtub. My husband's asleep. I go in my study and I filled my desktop up completely with sticky notes. And those were the pages. So I got up the next morning, I started writing, it's a book for teen girls, started writing the book, I did all the graphics, did all of it, the end of the summer, finished the book, two days after I finished the book, I'd had my last MRI the day before, I was completely well, completely well, they couldn't find anything on the MRI, there was no cough, it's like I finished the book. A friend called me. She said, what have you been doing? She's, she's in Phoenix. I said, I've been writing this book all summer. She said, well, what are you going to do? How are you going to launch it? And I went, I have no idea. She goes, who's on your launch team? I went, I don't have a launch team. I'm not doing nothing about writing a book. Nothing. And so she said, well, you need a launch team. Like, you need a party. And she goes, I write a book. I had cookies made, you know, beautiful sugar cookies with the title and the book cover and blah, blah, blah. Jessica, I got off that phone and I said, okay, Lord, I've written the book. Pray it again. <laughs> I've written the book. If you want the book to get out there, you're going to have to market it. And CNN did a whole segment on this book <laughs> for teen girls Send it to number one on Amazon, number one bestseller. I can't even tell you. It was like just unbelievable. So my whole point is you have to be willing 
You have to be willing. Like you can't just sit in your little shell. And that's what I love about your mastermind that you've created. You have created a beautiful atmosphere for women to grow and grow together. I just, I want to encourage you to just continue to serve these women the way that you are, Jessica, because that is so important. I I did not have a community starting out and it's much easier when you definitely, yeah, I didn't really either when I started out it was kind of just a wing it, a wing it moment of uh, despair when we were closed during COVID around really experimenting with what my gifts were and how I could start to really show up and serve people in that time. And I love your story about just having faith that things will show themselves to you and how funny, because if you listen closely to what Heather was sharing in the beginning, a lot of times those signs come in very hot and heavy, very clear from wherever you believe, whatever a universe source, God. And she didn't like that side. She was like, that's a no, definitely not doing that. And we, we want to pretend that we're not connected to those higher powers and those people that are trying to pour into us, God being one for me as well. I am a woman of faith as well. And I just truly believe that we have to be open to receive the messages and allow for the gift to be what it is. And, you know, little did you know that you would be on national TV and that you would be given that support in a way that you could have never imagined on your own. Like a lot of times our visions are so small, therefore we don't take action. Sometimes I think people's visions are so big, it overwhelms them because they think they have to do it alone. They think they have to figure it all out on their own. And that's why now turning around and kind of putting my arm back and being like, come with me. These are the things I've learned that have helped support me in growing my business and figuring it out along the way. I knew without a doubt, I couldn't not put a mastermind together this year. There were too many people from too many walks of life that were asking me the same questions. And it was really all about getting in community with other women really wondering what they should invest in for that next version of themselves. But it really comes down to the support and feeling like you can do anything that you put your mind to. And when we have support, when you have the good days, you have someone to high five. And when you don't, you don't you don't have anybody to cry with or high five. So I love that you brought that up and kind of threw that in the story. I do appreciate that. And I know you've been watching what I've been doing and you've been a part of some other communities like me with Powerhouse Women being one of them that we love. Lindsay Schwartz is one of our fave hype girls. But, you know, how has the book and the podcast really helped you create a vision for what you now have as a business? And how has the impact of the book and the podcast become kind of your legacy? Well, I feel like it's made me very relatable to women, to moms of all women of all ages, really. But and it has helped me with coaching clients because my clients, they look at me and they go, you know what? She's not perfect. You know, she has lines on her face. <laughs> These are from, from many years of raising babies and teenagers. And so it, I think that, you know, the, what, I, what I talk about in the book and on the podcast, like I said, has made me extremely relatable, which is helpful because we need to be. We need, we, I always say that I'm perfectly imperfect. Because there's not one perfect thing about me, but you know, it's just, it, it, I think it helps with our vision and how, how has all of this impacted your children? I mean, I know we always say to teach our children certain things, right? But leading by example to me has changed a ton between my son and I, and you have four of all different ages. And so they all kind of got a different version of their mom throughout their life. So 
how how has that changed the game for you as far as like your relationships with them and everything that you wanting to instill in these women or these teen teen girls through the book and the podcast? How has it affected them? You know, it's funny because all four have a different take on what I yeah, did. And you are a mom. So I, you know, and you're a daughter, you have a daughter, a son who is 12. I know you had a daughter or a son who is 12. And I also have a 12 year old. So that's a tricky age because that's when they really want to distance themselves from you. So when I started the podcast, I had two who were over the age of 12. So you can imagine when mom is doing things publicly and making reels and <laughs> and talk about, okay, this is kind of funny talking about that. So I did this one reel talking about teenagers and how when around the age of 12, the prefrontal cortex takes a break in the, in the front of their brain and the amygdala takes over and that the amygdala loves you know just and that's why when you get upset you know something in their brain goes ding 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 and they get all excited you know because they love it when you argue and you get upset the more upset you get the more satisfying it is to them well i did a reel about this and my daughter who was like 19 at the time said mom you made all of that up you made all of it up you know, if this is all a scientific fact. It's published everywhere. So that kind of gives you an idea of what my kids thought about it. So the older two, I think we're probably a little embarrassed. You know, mom is doing these things and it's kind of weird. But the younger two, they would go to school and tell their teachers. And, you know, mom wrote a book. And so it's just, it depends on the age. I think the one, one of the boys, well, they're all over 12 now. So I'm probably just really embarrassing all the way around. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm in that phase with mine as well. He's definitely trying to distance himself and establish his own boundaries and push the limits of things. And yeah, it's been a very interesting age to navigate. I mean, I've enjoyed it all up until this point. This has been the most challenging because you look at them as a little bit more grown than they are. You see a bigger grown up version of them, but they're still 12. And so, like you're saying, with the different parts of the brain doing different things, he's being stimulated in different ways through school and through the conversations and obviously the access to social media. And, you know, I mean, he's not on social media, but he's on Snapchat and YouTube, all those things. And so, you know, we were joking before we hit record around being two old ladies that have figured it out. And I laugh because we really were kind of the last generation to not have computers in school, definitely didn't have phones up until we were adults. And it's it's just such an interesting time to watch your kids go through something that you had no experience in. Like I was never a 10 year old with a phone. I was never exposed to things on YouTube. We didn't even have cable. So there was so much I didn't know at that age. And it's interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm leery to see, but also excited, right? Optimistically cautious, but excited to see what effects it will have as they become adults and have all of this education and exposure to so much more than we ever did. But at the end of the day, we're all still human and we all still crave connection and community. And we all still go through seasons of loneliness that only we can kind of control the moves we make in order to feel less lonely or to feel more connected with other people. And I do think that's why podcasts exploded during, you know, that time where we were going through lockdown and nobody had access to people. And so many people felt lonely because, you know, their career or their jobs or whatever took them out of the house was what you know, filled that cup of, you know, either social or, you know, whatever that might have looked like. And they had to go inwards and find people that they connected with. So I love that we get to spend that time with people when it's just you with them. Like right now, whoever's listening, it's just that listener. Hi. 
it's just three of us hanging out, getting to connect. And, you know, I'm always so grateful when people find themselves in our stories, right? Because being relatable is, I think, the thing that has connected both you and I to our listeners and given us that kind of differentiating piece to maybe someone who's quote unquote too, too far down the road in their story and they're just sharing the after. I think your story like mine is very much like a come with me. We're still trying to figure it all out. And like, I don't really know any more than you, but maybe I read something that could help you or maybe I experienced something. So therefore, like, I just want to share it with you in hopes that it brings you some perspective shift to show up and keep taking action and figure out what is the next thing for you. So like you said earlier, we're always continuing to grow. And I never want to shame people into a season of, you know, if you're in a place where you're extremely happy and you've maybe hit an edge where it is now comfortable to be there, don't mistake things that people say around always needing to grow. There are seasons where we are sitting in what was once a vision or a dream. So remember to slow down and enjoy those moments of success or those moments of completion of a dream of a goal because the next thing will come and the next phase will come and you'll be on to the next thing. But if we can't stop and appreciate the hard work we put into get where we're at, you know, nothing's ever going to feel as fulfilling as we want it to if we don't take that time to really appreciate what we've done. And so I know you talk a lot about really staying connected to, you know, your purpose and, and kind of positioning yourself that. But how if someone's listening, if they're feeling kind of stuck, what are some of the ways that you help people kind of, you know, see light on the other side? Well, first of all, I like to say this because I have felt stuck before. I know what that feels like. I recognize it. And I know that you do as well. And anyone listening knows how it feels to be stuck or at least feel stuck. But I truly believe that we are not stuck. We have been positioned. And so sometimes when you've been positioned, you have to take a step back and you have to look around and you have to really evaluate why am I here? Why am I in this situation? What can I learn from this? How can I grow? How can I help others? And that was the biggest thing for me before I started this podcast is I just, from experience, I know that when I'm serving others, I'm happier. I'm so much happier when I'm doing things for others, taking chicken soup to someone who's sick. I mean, just anything, just doing for others. And so that's what I encourage you. If you're listening to this right now and you feel stuck, go help someone. Just start small. It's just the little things. It's, it's me being at the Kroger grocery store the other day and I couldn't reach something on the top shelf. And this lady walked up and she said, do you need help? I'm taller than you are. I'm happy to reach up and grab that. I love her. Yes. And so and you know what I did, Jessica? I'm so ashamed to tell you this. But I was embarrassed. And so I said, no, thank you. But thank you for offering. And when I left, I realized, I mean, I have deprived this lady of the joy of serving and giving. And I will never do that again. Then I decided right then and there, anytime someone offers to help me, it is yes, please, from now on. So that's that's what I'm going to encourage you today is just, you know, to keep from feeling stuck, start serving others. Honestly, that is the best advice I've probably ever heard on this podcast. And it's the most simple, easy to implement, and probably the lowest cost of investment on both your time and your pocketbook. Because it simply can be as easy as sending someone a thoughtful text message. You know, I literally have a friend right now who lost a really close 
cousin. And I know that yesterday and the day before she was at the services and it took me 30 seconds. I thought about her and I sent her something to make her smile and just reminded her that I was thinking of her. You know, it, it literally can be that easy. If I was in town, maybe I would stop by with some flowers that I picked from somewhere, right? Just with a thoughtful note. All we ever want is to feel connected to something, somebody. And so a lot of times when you are feeling disconnected or stuck, it's because you're not in that place of service. And I love that you gave that as the simplest advice. There was nothing that you have to go out and read. There's nothing that you have to go out and listen to. You don't have to change who you are to serve people, even at the most basic level, because at the end of the day, it's usually those simple things that are the biggest needle movers. We think we have to do these grandiose things or we have to like spend all this money to make an impact. But at the end of the day, these are the things that I think really move the needle and keep us relatable, keep us humble and keep us re really aware of how good we probably have it. And especially if you're in a season of growth or you're you're on the come up or if you're feeling really high level or high, high, high energy, how can you spread some of that around? And I think that's one of the most beautiful things about having a podcast is I always come from a place of service like I know you do with the show. And at the end of the day, each episode is meant to serve and give and provide some sort of perspective shift to help people feel better, feel more connected, feel excited about life and to know that, hey, you're not alone, even if today it's just me and you. Um, so Heather, you're just super amazing. I mean, from the second that we got to share a glass of champagne um, in Scottsdale, I was just like, she's such a light. And I know not every day probably feels like your brightest day. So what are some of the things besides showing up and serving that you do to help you stay high vibe so that you can, you know, really pour into other people, especially your family of five, right? Like that, that there's six of you really, but you know, how do you do that when sometimes it's a bit of a challenge? Yes. And that that's a great question, Jessica, because some days they are tough. I mean, some days are really, really tough, but I read a lot. I read a lot and I'm sure you do too. Yes. Read, yoga, move your body. And I have learned recently, and I thought about you, breath control. That is huge. It's huge. So it's these little tiny steps that move the needle every day. It's these little things. It's not the big things. It's not the hour long thing. It's the five minutes here, the 10 minutes here. You know, I'm going to go sit on my front porch on the rocking chair and just rock. For 15 minutes. Huge. So it's all these little things that don't even have to be planned, but you just do. Take that time for yourself, recharge, regroup, fill your cup so that you can serve others. We're just going to leave you with that because it is that easy. It really is. And I know you touched on a lot of the things that I love to do, and I'm glad that I've had some sort of impact on your life. Thank you for pouring that back into me. I receive that. And you guys, just a little insight, because I'm sure you've heard about me talking about breathwork a lot more lately, because I have stepped into facilitating more of that. But I'll share with you the reason why, Heather, and this is the first time I've talked about this too, I didn't talk about breathwork after I was certified, and it was because it was a very personal thing for me to go through and use that tool in order to kind of move some stuck energy, work through some things that were a bit challenging for me. And I didn't feel like I was in a place of a healed version that was ready to facilitate that sort of transformation, even if it was just a brief hour-long session for somebody else. And I actually had a ton of resistance around doing 
the type of breath work I was trained in. And it wasn't until I realized there was many different ways that we can do breath work, right? We can simply sit and be with our breath. That's the first easiest way for people to do it. But the true power of leaning into things that are hard, you know, I know for a lot of people getting up to work out is challenging and I respect that and I get that's not me anymore. Like I, it's part of what makes me who I am now. But there was a time where it was hard for me to get up and get through a workout. It was hard for me to even get up. So now when I find myself really challenged to get into a breath work for myself, when someone's facilitating for me or I, I listen to one and I do it myself, I remind myself that I can learn to love the hard things and that if I keep practicing that they won't be as hard as they once were, right? Because once we practice things, and sometimes just sitting still is hard for people. So even though Heather's sharing, like simply go be with yourself for 10 minutes or take a bath or, you know, go rock in the rocking chair. I know that it's sometimes difficult for a lot of you who are people who feel unproductive if you're not constantly in a state of busyness or doing. So lean into the simpleness of just trying something new and allowing yourself to just be present in that moment and take a few deep breaths and acknowledge yourself for where you're at and, and what what you've accomplished, what you've achieved, the things that have worked and haven't, just some simple reflection time to really help you get out of your head and recognize like all the amazing things you have done, right? So if you look back over your life, Heather, I'm sure you have a laundry list of amazing, cool things that you've accomplished and done. But sometimes when we're in the season of wanting more or trying to push for the next thing, we forget all of that. We forget we have that whole list of proof that we've done the things that were once challenging or confusing or hard or we didn't know. And so, you know, I think and I hope that this conversation today really inspires you listening right now to take some sort of action. And maybe that action is to just sit still and listen. Maybe just send your prayer out. Because if you have tapped into your woo, if you're following Heather and I, if you are a woman of faith, if you are someone who believes, there was a reason why Heather had that respiratory issue. And if you know anything about the chakras, you know the throat chakra is a very powerful one. So there was something clearly that needed to come out. And it wasn't. It wasn't able to be released. And until it was released, she was not, her body was unwell. And so it's crazy. So whatever you believe in, however that works for you, there's always an answer. And a lot of times it starts with just taking some action, right? So thank you for sharing those stories. They were simply like, I just, I love hearing stuff like that from somebody I know, right? It's one thing to read it in the Bible or to hear it on stage somewhere or in a, in a church sermon or something. But when one of your friends like shares that, it just... Yes, the power of, you know, really putting thoughtful energy out into the world, saying prayers that are basically what other people want to call manifestations. Now, I love that we always want to come up with a new term for words, but to me, that's prayer, right? Manifestations and putting out those affirmations, you're praying, <laughs> whether you like it or not. And I truly believe that when you believe in those prayers and you believe in those manifestations and those affirmations, they will start to show themselves and come true for you. And I know you wish that for everybody. So where can people get more of their cup filled with you, Heather? Well, I'm over on Instagram on at Heather Petty, P-E-T-T-E-Y underscore. And you can also find me at www.heatherpetty.com. Amazing. All right, y'all. Go follow Heather. Go say hi. Tell her you got, got your ear filled with some amazing stuff on this podcast. If you had any ahas or takeaways or connected with us at all, Give your girls some validation. Let us know that you love something on this show. It means the world when we get feedback from you. And like Heather said, it would also mean the world if you left a rating or review for the show. It's what moves the needle for us. It helps us find more people who we can inspire and uplift. And that really is why we're here. So we're sending you so much love, Heather. Thank you for your time. And we'll see you guys on the next episode of Unscripted.
Which one of your girls needs to hear this one? Send this to someone who could use a smile, some encouragement, and a little love from this edgy podcast host. Much thanks and all the love.